And then uh, I would have the Burger King. Like the guy. It's like, yeah, I was just telling her I want a Big Mac meal with a large fry and an orange pants at night. And the truth is money, and it shall set you free we'll in signing be autographs. at a Siegel Book and Tape in Lehigh this summer. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Why not relive the experience through somebody that was in the green room with Zach? Yes, last night I spoke with Aaron Roderick outside of the green room, and he had to remove himself because it was a little, little loud, but... Just what a performance, not only from Zach, but this coaching staff, to elevate him from he's competing for the job to number two this year. A lot of the credit goes to Zach, but a lot of it goes to the quarterback coach and the uh, you know, offensive staff for developing him. And here's my conversation last night, you know, it, 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 uh, an hour after it happened with Aaron Roderick on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. All right, Aaron, first off, you look great. Uh, what's it like to be at the NFL draft, man? Um, it's been fun. You know, this is, my, this is my first time. I've never, uh, never had this opportunity before. Um, and just, it's been a really, really, really good time being with, just hanging out with Zach and Kalani and Fessy, John Beck's here. You know, uh, Zach's high school coach, Coach Kara from Co- uh, Corner Canyon. It's been really fun just hanging out with a, a lot of the guys that have, you know, been fortunate enough to have a chance to work with Zach. No surprise that he goes number two to the Jets, but has the reality of the situation sunk in that you guys helped Zach and he helped you to be the number two pick? It wasn't a big surprise, no. I think, I think most people expected this. Um, and the reality of it is going to set in when he has to go win games. You know, that's, <laughs> that's uh, tonight, tonight, tonight's fun. But now it's, uh, you know, that's a tough, it's a tough place, tough market tough league i don't care what team you're on in that league um but i think if if they can they got a lot of draft picks and they've you know they ended the season strong last year and with this new staff i think the offense they're going to run is very very similar to the one we ran um and so in fact i think that was a big part of what they liked about him was a lot of what he was doing on film is what what they like to do um so yeah he's, he's got his work cut out for him but tonight's just a night to celebrate and enjoy it and then you know, hopefully if they can put a good team around him, I like his chances. The number two pick in the draft is the, the top selection in BYU history, Aaron. Has, has the history of the moment, um, you know, settled in at all? Because what happened tonight is one of the biggest moments in BYU football history. You know, I was just talking to John Beck and Kalani uh, just a little while ago about the pressure. We were talking about the pressure of succeeding in New York and John and I got into conversation about uh, the pressure of playing quarterback at BYU and that, you know, nationally most ca- casual fans wouldn't realize how much pressure there is on a BYU quarterback. And um, there's just been so many great ones. And as soon as you start naming them, you already are leaving out like five other great ones, right? I mean, wh- whatever your list is, you start naming the names, you're forgetting five others that were great too. And so um, to play in a line of so many great QBs, I mean, there's been so many good ones. For him to do this tonight is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, and you know, we'll see what happens in the future. I, I, I think he's got a great chance to be successful. 
Absolutely. We're talking with Aaron Roderick in the green room at the draft, which is pretty fun on draft night here. Aaron, give us a sense of what that moment was like when Zach was officially told, hey, it's the Jets, and then that's called, and and that moment in the room. I think everyone was expecting the call, and we kind of knew what was up. And yet, when it happened, I was kind of caught off guard by how emotional Zach got. You know, he, you know, you expect mom to cry or whatever and whatever, but uh, I think Zach was – he showed some emotion that I hadn't seen out of him very often. He's – and uh, he, he – you know, he worked hard for this, and let's be honest, it wasn't that long ago there were a lot of people that were pretty hard on him, and and um, he, he handled it like a pro, and that's why he's here tonight. A year ago, as you talked about, he's coming off injury. He's battling for the starting spot. A lot was made of not being a captain, whatever. The moment he's named the starter, he's the captain, whatever. We, we're over that story, right? But yeah. you, you're trying to mold this guy to the best player he can be, the ceiling was way high up to the number two pick. Like, what was that process like with Zach to get him to this point? I learned a long time ago to enjoy that process, to, like, be in the moment and enjoy it, you know. And, and you can't be uh, content with mistakes or anything, but you, you have to learn that mistakes and growth, you know, that's part of growth. And, and the, some of those tough losses that we went through, some of those games that people might have been like, how the heck did we lose that game? Those were all part of the process of building an 11-1 and team and getting to this point tonight. And the one thing that I really appreciated always about Zach was just how accountable he was, um, how, mu- how much he wanted to be coached. You know, he was never a guy that was content with just me saying, hey, good job. You know, he, he wants to know why. He wants to know – he wants to be coached every play. Um, he wants to correct every mistake, and uh, he was never a guy who was going to point his finger at anybody else. And I think that's why he got kept getting better, you know. And 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 he got healthy too. Let's you know that's another thing is another another big reason why he's here tonight is he's proven his toughness. He played injured a lot of games. He was injured in his sophomore year, shoulder and broken hand, and still played and uh, showed a lot of guts when he could. He could have just bowed out and just let one of the other guys be the guy for the second half of the season and, and gotten himself healthy. And he, he showed a lot of toughness and a lot of grit. And all those things are factors in why he's here today. And when it came to the conversation after the season, during the season, you've talked about how, oh, gosh, there were a lot of phone calls and emails and interest in him. What's been the, the message that you've wanted people to know about him that maybe they didn't know? Pretty much what I just said, like just what a gritty, tough competitor he is. You know, he looks like he looks like he should be a, an actor or, a, you know, the star of a boy band or something. But <laughs> he is a ton. He is a tough, tough guy. Great competitor. Uh, physically and mentally as tough as anybody I've ever, I've ever coached. And uh, you got to know him to really know that, you know, and, and such a gritty competitor. And then. Um, then I just also, you know, shared a little bit with coaches about how he prepares and how, how how much he puts into it. You know, the physical abilities are obvious when you watch the film and the the, the NFL they make their own evaluations on that stuff. But um, you know, I hope it's a great lesson for every player in our program, not just the quarterbacks, that if you prepare like he did, you know, you can really you can really uh, maximize your abilities. And he went too, so there's room to go up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, two's pretty good. Two's pretty good. 
Um, in, in the green room, who's making sure it's not too tense? Was anyone like breaking awkward silence or anything? Like what, what was it like in there? Was, are the snacks good? So the green room, it's, I, I've never been before, but I've been told in the past it was just one giant room. Tonight they have it kind of cubicled off a little bit. So it's almost like you have your own, it's like a living room with couches and table and chairs and stuff. And, and then, but the glass is clear. So like, you know, we're right next to Jamar Chase or, you know, whoever next, you know, Trey, Trey Lance was a couple of doors down. And so it was fun to mill around and, and talk to guys, had a good chat with coach Orgeron tonight. Um, somebody I got, I got to know him a little bit when he was at USC and I was at Utah. Um, and, and uh, Kalani, I know Kalani knows everybody. So he's around talking to guys. Uh, and it, it was just fun. It was, it's, it's been really cool to interact and, What's fun is when someone gets picked, everybody cheers for him. I mean, the the other families are cheering for that guy getting drafted. It's it's a it's a cool thing. That's awesome because it's basically a bunch of Alabama guys right around, <laughs> and there's so many, and it's uh, LSU and it's all these guys. What well, what did this mean for BYU football? And, and how do you how do you leverage this forward? Because you hope this isn't a singular moment. You hope this is sort of a building block. I assume. Yeah, you know, we want we want to use this for sure as a as a way to. Uh, you know, promote our program and, you know, and, and this Zach's proving that, you know, especially at the quarterback position, you know, you can, you can go really high in the draft playing at BYU. You don't have to go to Clemson or Alabama to do that. And that's, that's a good, good message. Cause there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there that uh, are BYU kind of guys. And, uh, but on the other hand though, you know, we're, we're not going to get caught up in um, changing who we are, you know, we are who we are. It's our, our program, you know, a big part of the reason why we win is the character of our players that got, you know, having a, a the, the culture that Kalani has established and guys that are bought into that. And so in a lot of ways, we're always going to get who we get. And then, uh, but there's no doubt when we get some good, good play at quarterback and a couple of skill guys like Dax Milne or, you know, Austin Collie, whatever, whoever you want to name, when you add a couple of, when you have a couple of those difference maker skill guys, that's when we, we have a chance to be great. And so we want to keep finding those guys. And, and this is a, you know, Zach's done a great job promoting our program. Well, congratulations on the number two pick in the draft as the QB coach. And that's an incredible accomplishment and uh, highest Cougar ever picked. And what a great night for a BYU football. Enjoy the night and uh, enjoy Cleveland here. Thanks. I'm having a great time. And I hope that my answers to your questions were actually, uh, I was actually answering your questions because I can barely hear you. It's really loud in here, but uh, happy to be on with you guys. It's Aaron Roderick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. You were adequate, Aaron. You heard and delivered. Yeah, what a fun moment and what a fun little nugget at the end there. Of Hey, we're probably going to get who we get in recruiting, but when we have a couple of special skill guys on offense, then we can do something really special. So let's keep an eye on that, you know. at running back, receiver, tight end, quarterback, that kind of thing. Well, it feels like BYU has potentially some special guys at the skill positions this year with Tyler Algier and now the Nakua brothers coming in to join Gunnar Romney. And what a special. Yeah. Yeah. And I would hate to be like, sorry, you're not special. <laughs> that's, that's really me. You tried. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation.
This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Who is the third most draftable BYU football player in 2021? Okay, I feel like if we say almost any answer, it probably works among Dax Milne, Kyrus Tonga, Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman. Probably those three yes. feel like the leaders yep. in the clubhouse, okay? I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I'm going to say Chandon Herring because he, wow. by, who was it? Was it McShea that said eighth best guard or something? Or, eight, sorry, 18th. That puts you in a position where maybe, maybe you get taken. And what if they really valued him? And, and like Brady Christensen, like he shot up boards with his okay. pro day slash what they saw in film. It's hard to evaluate a guard. Like we can look at, for you, you know, you and I looking at PFF rankings and whatever. I can't go, oh, yeah, he's way good. We just kind of see what other people say and go, okay, my sense is that maybe he gets drafted. Like, I don't okay. Chandon Herring might not even be drafted, but maybe he's the third. I don't know. That's just one I'm throwing out there so that if it actually happens, I'll just point back to today. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Pro Football Focus, as you said, has him as the eighth best rated guard. Oh, eighth, not 18th. Eighth. In pro football focus. Yes, which loves BYU more than McShay and Kuiper. But Kuiper and McShay have him listed as a tackle. So the numbers are much yes. less favorable for Chandon in that regard. Yes. But if he plays guard, this is interesting. Maybe he – yeah. And I, I could be way off on that, right? Yeah. Who, who do you think? I'm going to go with – I want it to be Matt Bushman for Matt's sake because I think Matt Bushman is absolutely an NFL player. Yeah. Todd McShay is like he's got – the most incredible hands. He catches everything. His nickname is Honey Hand. Is, I, know, yeah, it's, I know. That's a great nickname. It really also is. Also kind of weird. <laughs> and we told that to Todd McShay, too. Hey, he catches everything. There is just understandable pause because he, he had such a significant injury. So I want it to be Matt Bushman. I don't think it's going to be Matt Bushman. I want it to be him. I think Kairos Tonga is still the guy. He just is a physical force of nature. And I think his pro day numbers were good enough to get him as the third drafted BYU Cougar this year. I could see it. Yeah. I could absolutely see it. But my, my only knock on Kairos is he wasn't a three-down guy for a lot of uh, his BYU career, which is unfortunate. But maybe maybe you pull him out on third down. Maybe he's a run stopper that a team's like, listen, we don't need you to get sacks, which is what BYU said, essentially. Um, but I, to, I would say, well, why not? Why don't you have him go get sacks? Um, if he's that good, have him go get sacks. We're seeing some of his sacks on uh, from BYU. Yes, I I could say I could see Kyrus going. I could see Matt going. If somebody really loves Dax, he said his goal if it was fourth round. I'm thinking Dax is probably later. Like someone snags him. Later. I think Dax is a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, and then we'll see with some of these other guys. I don't really see Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi getting drafted, um, but I see them getting free agent opportunities and getting into camp. And listen, if you get Zane and Isaiah in camp. They've got a shot. Absolutely. They are they're ballers. They can play and they're really good in the locker room and they'll play special teams. Like Zane could be a uh, an advanced uh, a plus special teamer um in the NFL. Like he can be the gunner on a kickoff and he can he can uh, help you down some punts inside the 10 where NFL punters are so good. They're like crazy good. They almost need to change the rules to where it it's not as easy um for NFL punters and Zane could really excel at that position. And let's Bring this idea up. As sparse as the draft picks have been in independence, six in ten seasons, BYU has really collectively made a name for themselves with undrafted free agents. There's been several that have done that. Michael job. Davis, 
Taysom Hill, uh, not to mention Daniel Sorensen. Like those three right there, all in the independence era, are now staples on their respective teams. And that's where a, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft pick, like, yes, it would have been nice if they were drafted because that does matter. They make a team, they make a 53-man roster, and now they're starting. It does matter if you get drafted or not for recruiting. Sure. That matters, right? But BYU can point – because what you want, Spencer, is that and that. You want to be able to say, oh, you know what? Like this year, BYU hopefully says we had four or five guys drafted and we had three or four guys yeah. for agent contracts and we have eight guys from last year or whatever in the league this year in addition to Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Daniel Sorensen, Michael Davis – um, and, you know, Fred Warner and others. Like, that's what you want. Then you build, 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 build. BYU's not going to replicate this n- next year in the draft, but hopefully there are multiple picks a year, multiple free agents. And then we look at BYU in the NFL, and we're not going like, oh, they're like six guys. You know, Utah State has 12 or whatever. It's like, no, they're like 15 dudes for a couple of years. Yeah. That would be awesome. I, th- last year was an outlier, but what I hope it isn't an outlier in is BYU's ability to continue to produce Multiple draft picks because it has been a there's been a dearth the last few years. Yeah, how about that? Three, four, five draft picks, but we could be discussing ten to eleven different players that sign some type of deal. Yes, I left off Chris Wilcox, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, he's going to be in a camp guaranteed to at least get a shot with that four three one speed. You're telling me that. He can't be the and, next Michael Mike, Davis. Well, and Micah Simon signs a free agent deal. Hopefully he can stick. BYU's already got one guy this year that has already signed his deal. Yeah. And technically from last year, I guess. Right. But, and hopefully Diane Gonwoloku can get back into a camp, right? Yes. Initially cut, didn't really, wasn't there, but it was COVID year. It was kind of different. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Who do you think is the third most draftable BYU Cougar? Jerem Jordan going off the board. Maybe it's Chandon Herring, depending on how he gets drafted as a guard or a tackle. I think it's Kyrus Tonga, and I think his conditioning is going to help in that instance. I'm sure every interview he's done has started with, what's your conditioning like? Yeah. Can you go all three downs? Yeah. And he'll get it in shape now because there's money involved. It's not just uh, class eligibility. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Matt Bushman on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. A couple of tight ends, and I'm just here hanging out. Matt, what's up, man? How are you feeling on uh, draft week? Feeling good. Feeling confident. Just uh, excited to see what happens in in a few days. And look, Matt, I'm here, but I, I want this to be more about, you know, you and Dennis in this thing. So, Dennis, what, what do you want to ask Matt? Because I know you guys have chatted, even worked out in Arizona. Yeah, well, first off, Matt, great to see you. What, it was about a month or so ago, maybe two months, where we met up out here in Arizona and got to work out and chat a little bit. Um, so let me preface that by saying, with our producer, I tried to get this segment, just you and I, called Tight Ends with Tight Ends. <laughs> And I thought that was a pretty <laughs> clever title. Um, Jaron insisted that he was in this Jerem with and an so M, he's, by the way. What did I say? Jaron? I'm not Jaron Your name's Hole. not relevant. Well, your name's not we as relevant as Matt fire. Bushman right now. I get that. But you know, we can just, we're, we can still, uh, we're still mortal enemies away from this. Listen, 
he insisted to be in this segment, so he's going to kind of third wheel it. I, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I get it, but let's just chat you and A right now. But last time I saw you, we tried to kind of do some drills and stuff. You weren't quite physically there yet. Where, where are you physically? And I, we saw you at Pro Day. You looked great. You caught the ball tremendously well. Where do you feel like you're at percentage-wise going into the draft this week? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm close to 100, if not if not 100% right now. I'm, I'm feeling super good. Uh, yeah, in Arizona, I was, I was a little overly confident when I met with you and couldn't <laughs> do all my cutting quite yet, but hey, I was able to do what I could at, at Pro Day, and I, I felt good about it. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good. Dennis, are you okay if I ask a question now? Or yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're you're here. You might as well. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Aren't you the visitor? You're welcome, program? Matt. Um, certainly, if Not you had, if you had played last year, yeah, I, I think you're going to be a draft pick. Do you feel the same thing? And and what's that that battle been like to sort of re-emerge on draft boards where it's like I'm I'm still here and I'm good to go and I'm going to be an asset for your team yeah I mean I think one thing was to show that I'm healthy and and good to go at pro day and I think after that I was able to you know coaches coaches know film and they know what to see on tape so they see that I can catch the ball and make plays and I think just from the calls that I've had they they see me as an option and I don't have a ton of expectations. I'm not like, I'm getting drafted here, here, here. I'm just, I'm here for the ride. Whatever happens, happens. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. Matt, here's, uh, being a player, I know this is difficult, but I want you to assess yourself. Um, Look at your strengths and your weaknesses. What, What do you think you can add value to a team with as far as your strengths go right away and what are some of those areas of your game you think you kind of need to work on or, or, or improve at to really become a high level tight end at the next level? Yeah. I mean, a lot of coaches ask that same thing in, in zooms and I just confidently say, I feel like I have some of the best hands in this, in this draft class. I mean, I, I have, I catch the ball naturally. Um, I can catch it in traffic, catch it when I'm open, you know, that's, that's what I do and what I'm, my bread and butter, I feel like, but uh, I tell them the same thing. The stuff that I'm working on is just hip mobility so that I can finish blocks better so that I can, you know, have better leverage at the point of attack and create separation also in man-to-man situations. And I mean, coaches agree with that. So that's been, that's kind of been my answer during this process. Dennis, do you want to give him any pointers on hip mobility? <laughs> Uh, well played, Jerem. My <laughs> hip mobility is quite good these days, so I have I have uh, no real pointers. Okay, but um, those those are good things to work on. Matt, you never really got to your weaknesses. I mean, I I understand you know you don't have many, but I think you know part of being a, a good player at the next level is understanding what your weaknesses are. So break down some of your weaknesses because this is always easy to do in front of a live audience. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, kind of like I said. I when coaches ask, you don't want to tell them straight up, hey, I, I'm not good at this. I suck at this. That's why I kind of say my hip mobility is something that I'm working on because I do have stiff hips and it it affects, uh, you know, just loading power and my blocking ability. So um, that's what I'm working on as a weakness is just blocking at the point of attack, um, keeping a base when I'm blocking. And also, like I said, just like creating – 
separation of man-to-man situations, um, when people are pressed up on me, I think I can do a better job of being more patient and selling the selling the release a little bit more. So that's what I've been working on during this time. We're talking to Matt Bushman on BYU Sports Nation. I, I think I've discovered the answer to that question when someone asks you what your weakness is, like in a job interview in that situation. You, something like, and, and you gave a great answer, uh, but I care too much, almost to the detriment of my family. I might be here too often. Like, that, that you know, yeah. it, like I, I think I'm joking around with that, but it, it is interesting to see that. Okay, so what yeah, kind I of think, I think coaches kind of see that and they're like, all right, buddy, we've heard that. Or, you know. <laughs> They know what our weaknesses are already before the call and before yeah. the questions asked. So if you give an honest answer, I think they respect that. Yeah, totally. So what kind of interest are you getting? Because obviously you have great connections from being on draft boards. You know, a couple of years ago, obviously, father-in-law Chad is well-connected. BYU is, has been very visible in this draft. We're going to have a bunch of guys drafted here. It's going to be awesome. So what kind of interest are you getting right now? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what exactly my – statuses in the drafts and everything, but I, I've had a lot of calls with coaches, Zooms and tight ends coaches. Um, I've talked with, I'd say, almost every team in the in the league, so I feel good about it. Whatever happens, I, I know teams are interested. Dennis, Matt, have you, you talked to anybody from the Ravens? I had a, I had a little conversation with the tight ends coach from the Ravens, and uh, yeah, It'd be it'd be a cool. I think it'd be a cool fit. They like to use a tight end. They do like to use a tight end. I I'm always curious. You know, I used to play for the Ravens. I don't know if you knew that, Matt. Um, but listen, I, I would love <laughs> secretly. I would love if you got to play for the Ravens because the tight end coach there's Bobby Ingram. He was a coach there. He wasn't my tight ends coach, but he was the wide receivers coach when I was there. Awesome, awesome guy. Can't quite say that about every coach around the NFL, but I know Bobby Ingram, and he is awesome. You would be lucky to be able to play for him in, in that great organization. That being said, the draft is this weekend. What are your plans for this week? What are you? Uh, where are you going to be watching it? Uh, what's going on? Are you are you nervous? Are you excited? What's your What's your plan? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be pretty low key for me. I mean, if I was a uh... Zach Wilson prospect. I maybe throw a party or be at the draft, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be at my my condo with my wife and with my parents, and um, my in-laws might stop by for a little bit. But yeah, it's gonna be pretty low key, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait and see what happens. I'd like to take a moment to give Dennis the floor, and Dennis, I want to get your evaluation of Matt because you're a guy that obviously is in the pantheon of great tight ends here. It hurts me to say that, but. Um, and Matt, you are too. You're one of the best that have ever played here. So Dennis, what did you see from Matt in his career that lends itself to success at the next level? Because this guy's certainly an NFL tight end. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with that. I do think Matt is an NFL caliber tight end and, and he hit it on the head. I think his greatest strengths are his ability to catch the football, no matter the situation, to be able to high point the ball, to be able to catch in traffic. Um, he's got unbelievable hands. And so whenever coaches ask that, you know, that's the first thing you say. And I would 100% agree with that. And that's easy to see on film because the, the myriad of catches you were able to make throughout your career, um, difficult catches, catches outside of your frame. I mean, those are catches. Those are big time catches that translates to any level. And uh, that will be your greatest weapon. And Matt and I, we, we sat and talked, you know, for quite a while on the field, 
uh, a month or so ago, and we talked about kind of, you know, how to how to make your mark on an NFL team, how to add value to the roster. And one of the things that we talked about was special teams. Do you remember that, Matt? And especially yeah. being a later drafted guy, potentially an undrafted guy coming into an NFL training camp, you have to make your mark on special teams. And uh, that was never anything that I excelled at, but I had to. Um, I was a fourth round pick. I was the second tight end taken in that draft by the Ravens that year. And so I was buried on the depth chart. And the only way I was ever going to see the field was on special teams. And so for me, it was all about doing whatever you were asked to do. I was uh, a right tackle on punt protection. I was the wing on field goal. I was, um, you know, the left guard on, on punt return, all kinds of different stuff, stuff. I never did at BYU stuff. I wasn't accustomed to doing stuff that wasn't necessarily right in my wheelhouse and didn't fit a lot of my strengths as a player. Um, but you got to do whatever you got to do. And I think Matt, one of your greatest strengths is your understanding of and willingness to do whatever you got to do to see the field. And uh, you, you know, that's what it's going to take. And I, I just think, I, I think you can be a great player at the next level. I've seen a lot of tight ends um, come and go in the NFL. And I think you have everything that it takes to excel at the next level, but you got to be willing to do the dirty work, especially early on in your career to get that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Jeremy, is that, that coming is, from. That, is that what you wanted? That was, that was great. Matt, what did you think? No, I just, I, I appreciate that coming from someone that's made it and had such a great career at BYU and the NFL. So yeah, I mean, I didn't play a crazy amount of special teams, but from who I've talked to, I understand that's, that's a necessity. So um, I'm going to try to be best friends with that special teams coach, whoever it may be. Matt, who's your favorite tight end in BYU history? BYU history. Um, Isaac Red. <laughs> That's well played. Hey, I, I have a funny story about Isaac Rex, actually. So this is when Matt and I were working out together down here. Matt, do you remember this? I showed you a text yeah. I got from Isaac Rex. And I haven't talking I haven't spoken personally with Isaac Rex prior to this text. And and he sent it to me while I was working out with Matt. And so I was showing Matt and we were getting a good laugh at it. So he started the text and said, Hi, Dennis. This is Isaac Rex. I play tight end for BYU. And this is <laughs> this is just a couple of weeks or months removed from setting freshman records at, at BYU as yeah. a tight end, like having arguably yeah. one of the greatest seasons ever as a, as a freshman, a tight end, 12 touchdowns or whatever he had. Like, I had no idea who he was. Isaac Hi, who? Dennis. This is Isaac Rex. I, I play BYU, tight end at BYU. And I was just, I was dying laughing. Matt and I got a good chuckle out of it. And then we ended up FaceTiming Isaac Rex after that because he wanted to chat and pick my brain about a couple stuff and so, or a couple things. And so Matt and I talked to him and it was a, it was a good time. But um, I think Isaac Rex might be my favorite tight end in BYU. I was worried you were going to say Chad Lewis and that would just be nepotism at its finest. I wouldn't. (laughs) That, that'd I mean, be like, you've already married yeah. his daughter. You don't need to suck up to him anymore. That'd be like you saying your favorite quarterback in BYU was Max, you know? Same idea. Yeah, and I would never do that. I would never say that, <laughs> right? <laughs> never, ever. We're talking to Matt Bushman on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Matt, it, when it comes to like the sixth or seventh round, certainly being drafted is something that I, I, I'm assuming you've dreamed of. But when it comes to like fit, obviously everyone talks about, well, fit is the best thing no matter when you're drafted. So is there any advantage to potentially being 
an undrafted free agent, where you get more of a choice of where you go potentially? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's great to hear your name called on draft day, and that's something that everyone dreams of. But, yeah, the more you learn about it, I mean, you want to go into a system that's not loaded with tight ends or to a system where there's a great quarterback or where they utilize a tight end. So, I mean, if it's a late-round draft pick, hopefully I, I go into a system like that. Or if I do fall to an undrafted free agent, hopefully I have some options where I can pick from you know, some great systems that I can hopefully have an impact and uh, an immediate impact on and, you know, get some playing time from the Joe. Well, for guys like you, things work out because you got skills and you work hard. So best of luck this weekend. We're super excited about whatever happens and we'll be uh, actively watching. Good luck and enjoy it, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Okay. That's Matt Bushman Good on luck, the Desert Matt. Good to talk to you. hotline. Uh, those are at first, you know why we show how. It also wraps up tight ends with tight ends. That was an amazing segment, Dennis. That was excellent. That was a good segment. It would have been better had we been able to remove the awkward third wheel and just talk tight ends with tight ends. Listen. But I get it. I get it. You feel like this is your show for some reason. So Sometimes you get a flat tire, which some of the questions were a little flat, so you need to spare. But anyway. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Number two overall to the New York Jets, headlining a class that we hope features as many as five or even six draft picks for BYU. However, Jerem, the idea that Zach is going to play for the Jets is causing a lot of concern for several BYU fans. So I ask you, what sparks a stronger overall emotion, the history behind Zach Wilson being drafted number two overall, or Zach Wilson playing for the oft-struggling New York Jets? It's two, uh, well, two things. One, second pick's amazing. Like, if he's top four, he's the highest-drafted Cougar ever. It would have been Steve Young to the Bengals in 84, but Steve went to the USFL, as we found last week. Um, It's Zach Wilson being drafted by the Jets. We want Zach Wilson to succeed. Like, it doesn't matter what pick you are if you're good. Like, in the end, you don't remember what number the guy was drafted, just that he was good, right? It's part of the story, but it's not like the first thing you mentioned. So... Zach Wilson being drafted by the Jets. Yes, there is legit concern there because he's going to have to overcome a lot of uh, bad history. But we hope that it's different with the new group. It's not like there haven't been new groups that have come in and tried this before with the Jets unsuccessfully. In fact, there have been many. But uh, hopefully this one uh, turns it around. I don't even know how to quantify that. Like, Does he have to like win a playoff game or something? We'll, we'll discuss that later. But it is being drafted by the Jets. In fact... We've had a couple different opinions this week that have been great to hear on both sides of the coin. Let's start with the one uh, from John Beck, where he feels like this could be a good situation. I think that he's walking into a situation where it's going to be a really, really strong support group that is going to do everything they possibly can. I don't see this as being something where six months down the road, every single person that picked him is gone from the building. You know, the experience I had, the more that I've lived my life, I've seen just how rare and unfortunate that was, and that's life. I don't think that Zach's is going to be even close to that because also the people in that room, I've had talks with them, and they know this is what we have to do for him. 
This is how we have to help build him. So I see it playing out completely different for Zach. And that's the hope. That's the hope is that it goes really well, right? But there's no guarantee it will. And there is another opinion featuring Dennis Pitta, who gave us his thoughts on Zach Wilson likely going to the New York Jets. Uh, I would be concerned. (laughs) I mean, this is last year. The 2020 Jets were arguably one of the worst football teams in the history of the NFL. There was numerous polls that had them ranked right there with some of the worst teams. I mean, you think of the Lions when they went 0-16 and and a handful of other teams that are just awful teams. I mean, that's what he's inheriting. He's inheriting a roster that's not very good. Okay. And I appreciate that take because it's not all, uh, you know, flowers and sunshine here. Those are the opposite ends of the spectrum. And Dennis's take is probably closer to the truth given the history than John's. John's an optimistic dude. Dennis is keeping it real. Let's hope Zach Wilson's good because if he's not, that, you know, that – this can this can reflect poorly on BYU if it doesn't work out really well. You know, um, hopefully Zach does well, and we have full confidence that he's going to do his best. Now wait a second. Does it reflect poorly on USC that Sam Darnold didn't work out in New York? Well, BYU has to overcome things that USC does not, like because they have a litany of guys that come out, so they can like overcome a bump in the road. But if if uh, Zach Wilson is quote unquote a bust later, it's going to be like. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess small school thing compared to Justin Fields at Ohio State or whatever. There's, there's uh, more riding on Zach Wilson than maybe we think. Hopefully he's great. Hopefully the Jets turn it around and they're at least decent. You know, the, uh, the Patriots aren't what the Patriots were, but the Bills are better. So, yeah, and I, I'm stoked, but I do have pause and concern about the whole Jets thing. The stronger emotion for me, given that this is historic for BYU football. And I look at the long list of the quarterback factory between Gifford Nielsen, Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Robbie Bosco, Ty Detmer, Taysom Hills being thrown into this mix now because he's an NFL guy. Steve Young, obviously. None of those guys were drafted as high as Zach Wilson is going to be drafted tonight. So for me, I am making a calculated move to focus on the fact that it is historic and not let the emotions of or fear of oh no what if it doesn't work out with the New York Jets take over and just enjoy the moment I I will enjoy the moment as well and just wait I'm not saying you won't I'm telling you this is how I've categorized it and like compartmentalize this whole thing in my mind is okay until it's bad I'm not going to worry about it potentially being bad like, right now, it's about number two overall, highest draft pick in BYU football history, epic season. He's the darling of so many different companies across the United States now. He's a poster boy. Uh, he's the, the kid next door that worked hard. I'm just compartmentalizing yeah. all of that. <laughs> Corner Canyon. Well, <laughs> he could still be a nice kid next door, and I think yeah. that he is, even yes. though he comes from. But Corner Canyon ain't the kid next door thing, but yeah, okay. His personality is such that he's a very approachable megastar. And that's not always the case for guys that are going number two overall in the draft. And for, for that matter, Trevor Lawrence is that way too. This is a unique yeah, number one, that, number two situation. And that's nice. I just wanted to be a good quarterback. You know, like it's cool if the guy's nice. Great. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Russell and, Wilson is a me, prime example of that. Yeah. And I prefer, yeah, if he throws touchdowns, great. I just don't, you know, violate the law, I guess. With, with the Jets, to me, it's bad until it's good, given the history. Like, 
Okay, Zach's going to have to overcome that history. Yes, and this is and a it, fundamental and, core principle of who you are and who I am and you and maybe who John Beck is and who Dennis Pitt is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I this is yes, this is a great day. This is exciting. But he's got to overcome the Jets and I hope he does. Yeah, so I I have to I feel like I have to compartmentalize so that I can enjoy the moment because you can quickly fall into the idea that oh man, what a what a terrible reality for Zach Wilson. He plays out of his mind this year, and he has to go to the Jets. And I feel like the majority of BYU fans are leaning that way. Yes. Can he go it, to anybody but but the Jets? Any team besides the Jets? Um, so well, Not any team, but yes. <laughs> like, no Lions, no – yeah, there's a bunch. Let's just – for me, no, I want to celebrate – the number two historic pick for BYU football that yeah. no great quarterback has ever accomplished. This is, this is an all-time moment for BYU football. So I'm not going to let the potential poison of the Jets and the negativity there it, it, seep in and ruin well, this day. It doesn't have to be negativity. It can just be a fair question. But it's all centered on negativity of the Jets. Like, it is what it is. So I am choosing I, I choose to, to just focus on number two. moments differently than you. Like, like, Dennis, bring that up is not negative. To me, it's a fair question. Like, mm, you know what? They've had a tough pass. He's got to overcome it. I categorize is Zach it Wilson differently. Wilson inheriting the yeah. 2020 Jets or is he inheriting the 2021 Jets? I feel like those can be two entirely different things. They can, but they're not entirely. They're very connected. It's like a very similar roster. Well, even so you said – even you said – Things can change a lot from one year to the next. Absolutely. Look at BYU football. You th- <laughs> yes, but do you think the Jets are going to go from two wins to it's ten It's the NFL. Wins? It's parody. No, but I can see the Jets going not from two wins. Rook- I, can, I can see the Jets That's going from tough. two wins to six wins, and that would be a major step in the right direction. Relatively speaking, yes. In the NFL, with how much yes. parody there is. still not in the playoffs. You win six games. Does it have to be the playoffs in year one? No, it's not going to be. But going that, from that two wins and what Dennis called one of the worst worst teams in NFL history, if that team goes from two wins to six wins, that'd be great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So why can't it? Why can't it be something like that? Is anybody thinking that the Jets are going to all of a sudden be a, a five hundred or better team in one year with a rookie quarterback? No, after everything that's not what through? I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But I think that they can take a step in the right direction. I, I of think the 2020 they can. Jets. Yeah are an entirely different scenario than the 2021 version will be because of that's, the head coach, that's what general we, manager that's, bringing in a new head coach. That's what we hope. Quarterback yeah. trying to put people around him. Like, it's a rebuilding effort for sure, but are we, are we already determining that Zach Wilson's going to be, he's, no matter how good he is, it's, he's headed for the quarterback graveyard because that's what the Jets are. I don't think that that's fair to Zach or to the Jets. I'm, and I'm not couching it that way. Sure. But a lot of people are. A lot of people are saying, okay. like, he's going to die, his quarterback death in the quarterback graveyard of the New York Jets. They're the new Cleveland Brown. That is a The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. All right, first question. What color will Zach Wilson's suit be? He didn't tell. He said, you're going to have to watch the draft to find out. I guessed some shade of gray, and it was. 
I thought this was well there played by Zach Wilson because the green, he knew he was going to wear yeah. green, and I'm like, it's got to be something like with green. He was going on his It did. Which is a nice look. Giorgio Armani suit, went to California to get fitted for it. You and I did not do that. No. Uh, when we went on a mission. Uh, who will he hug first? We based this on ESPN's coverage, and um, we couldn't tell. On ABC... <laughs> He hugged his mom first, but this is based on ESPN's coverage, so nobody gets a Basically, point. which one our producer Ben was? <laughs> I was watching NFL Network. It's funny. We watched, watched all ones. We watched different ones? I was that watching, uh, you know, the BYU baseball game. Yeah. Like, I thought for a second, because you guessed his dad, he stood up and started to walk towards Mike, and I was like, oh, he's going to hug his dad. And then he turned to his right and hugged his mom. I was like, there, there but you Jaylen go. Jalen Waddle just literally sits up and walks away. Like, doesn't hug anyone. Fuck. <laughs> uh, do your thing, bro. All right. Uh, will Kalani Satake shaka the camera in the Zach Wilson green room? Shaka I have no idea. He did not. No idea. We don't think. We didn't. We didn't, didn't see, see it. it. Yeah. So uh, he didn't shaka Lil Wayne either. Throw that one out. Cool. Okay. Will uh, Zach Wilson two arm hug Roger Goodell or handshake hug the commish? <laughs> Everyone wins because he went hand clasp bro hug, which I said hug. You said. Um, you know, hand clasp and hug, which I think technically you should get that, but for some reason I'm okay. The point. I'll take the point. This is like Aaron who Jaren's wants to giving me the point. This is like um, whose line is it anyways? Where the points don't matter. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. There's no will of consequence. For yeah. This you thing. get 400 points for that. No wheel of consequence. Hand clasp, hug. And the thing is, he went the hand clasp, but then Zach put both arms around the commish. Yes, he did. A true embrace. It's like, don't find me. <laughs> Jerem, how long will it take the Jets until their pick is in? At number two, you guessed six minutes would be remaining on the clock. I said five minutes would be on the clock. They waited all the way until 2.34 left on the clock. Some drama. What the heck, man? They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers? Question mark. <laughs> will ESPN show a shot of Jets fans booing the pick? <laughs> we, apparently, it didn't happen. No. You could hear some boos in the background, but it wasn't... Um, you know, on screen. I don't know that it was Jets fans either. Like, it could be anybody. I mean, Cleveland mm. fans just boo. Yes. Just, Browns like, fans just boo by nature. Yeah. Cle- they just wake up and they're like, boo, with like the toaster. When The group of fans that yeah. were shown on ABC's coverage of Jet fans were cheering and, yeah, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. But there's always going to be a naysayer. It's New York. Are you kidding me? Like, go to social media and just type in Zach Wilson, and you'll see uh, varying opinions in a hurry. Good gravy. No, thanks. Okay. So we both get a point there. I'm on Twitter. In mind, let's look at the highest draft picks to date in BYU football history. Numero five, Mark Wilson. Not to be confused with Zach Wilson. 15th overall, 1980 draft for the Oakland Raiders. Won the Sammy Bond 79, finished third in the Heisman. Part of a Super Bowl team as rookie year as the backup, again as a backup in 1984. Spent 11 seasons in the NFL playing for the Raiders and Patriots. At number four, John Tate was the 14th overall selection in the 1999 draft to Jason Shepard's Kansas City Chiefs. Tate, an All-American at BYU, first-team All-WAC honors twice. He played with the Chiefs for five years. Then he signed a six-year, $34 million deal with the Chicago Bears. Tate retired from the NFL in 2009 after starting in 139 games. Big John Tate. My middle name is spelled the same way, so I've always liked John. 
Okay, number three, Sean Knight, 11th overall in the 87 draft to the New Orleans Saints. We don't talk about Sean Knight enough. 16 sacks as a senior, first team all-whack, AP third-team All-American, traded from the Saints to the Broncos after his rookie year, spent one season with the Broncos, one year with the Cardinals, played 31 games in the NFL, one year with the Sacramento Surge, Surge like the drink of uh, World League of American Football. I don't even know what that league is. I remember that. I remember it. I've never even heard of that. World League of American Football. Is it world or American? Figure it out. They had pro set cards, like limited edition trading cards that featured World League Football. Well, they were limited because the league sucked. (laughs) Touche. At number two, Ziggy Ansah. Number five overall pick in the 2013 draft of the Detroit Lions. Meteoric rise. Walked onto the BYU football team in 2010. Slowly gained some playing time. Jeremy, I don't know if you knew this, but he didn't know how to put on football pads when he got to BYU. Really? Ansa signed with the Lions. Four years, $18.59 million contract. Led all NFL rookies in sacks with eight. He was a pro bowler in 2015. Finished third in the league in sacks that year with 14 and a half. And the injuries hit. After six seasons in Detroit, Ansa played one year with Seattle in 2019. Signed a one-year deal with San Francisco after that, but suffered a torn biceps in just two games with the 49ers. I saw him play for the Seahawks in one game, which is pretty cool, on a Thursday night against the Rams. It was pretty cool. And this would be tied for first because Ziggy and Jim McMahon are tied for highest draft in BYU history at fifth overall. In the 82 draft for the Bears, McMahon, a senior season at BYU WAC Player of the Year, first-team All-American, third in the Heisman, back-to-back years, by the way, won the Sammy Bond, Davey O'Brien, NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year for the Bears, won the Super Bowl in 85, and uh, after the Bears, spent time with the Chargers, Eagles, Vikings, Cardinals, Browns, and Packers, Woo! won the Super Bowl as a backup with the Packers as well. Some of you are saying, hey, what about Steve Young? Steve Young would have been the number one pick we learned by the Cincinnati Bengals, but he opted to go to the USFL, and he was the number one pick in the supplemental draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Different thing. Yeah, we don't talk about the USFL or supplemental drafts in this conversation. Come on. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Broadway, Zach, Wall Street, Wilson, Zach's Fifth Avenue, all now in play. Zach Wilson to the New York Jets as the number two overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft is official. So cool to watch all of that unfold last night on multiple networks, live television. The spotlights were bright. Zach was ready for it. Jerem, what was the best thing about Zach Wilson's historic draft night? It was exciting. The whole thing was exciting. I, I don't know that I have a singular moment. Uh, maybe when I saw what his contract is going to be worth, which <laughs> let's go over that, okay? So Spotrack, uh, which, which uh, tracks us. Four years, 35.1 mil, fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. Not many things in life are guaranteed. This is mm-hmm. $22.9 million signing bonus. How about okay. that? Okay. I think that? you can afford that Tesla now. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was awesome, man. It was it was cool to see his excitement. It was cool to see how ready he was. No surprise. It would have been it would have been a little more fun had we not known where he was going to go last night. But he was too good, and the Jets were too in love. So he ends up going to the Jets, and there was some really cool social media associated with that. It was fun to see who was in the green room. Mm-hmm. With Zach. Oh, that, maybe that image maybe was that great. was it. Just that was so cool. John Beck, I texted him. I was like, dude, I was hoping you'd be in the camo like you were for the San Diego State game. And he said, next time. And, I, you know, I asked Fessy Satake what it was like. Um, and he, he said it was just amazing. You'll hear my conversation with Aaron Roderick 
outside of the green room. Like, he leaves the area because it's too loud. He's just in the hallway. Yeah. It's every Alabama player is being taken six in the first 24, which Tied is incredible. A record. They all come out and like, yeah, man. And Aaron, you know, they're like, yeah. He's like, Jamar Chase of LSU is right here. And Devontae Smith's right there. And it was just cool to see a BYU guy and Zach Wilson. And honestly, he's earned this. This wasn't like crazy or out of the blue or random. Like when Ziggy Ansah was fifth, it was like, whoa, that was crazy. This was predictable and earned and really fun to watch. I loved the conversation that Zach Wilson had with the general manager of the Jets and his head coach, Robert Sala, the coach, Joe Douglas, the general manager. They recorded that phone call, put it out, and I just loved the sincere, genuine excitement in Zach Wilson's voice. I'm going to give you everything I got. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I thought the approach by Joe Douglas was cool when he said, when did you first start playing football? Which is really a random moment in question. Right? Right? He's like, I was seven years old. And he's like, just remember, it's yeah. the same game. Yeah. Have he's trying to loosen him up. Yeah. Have fun. And then Robert Sala saying, obviously, this is an amazing moment for no, you. He, he said friggin'. Yes. Which I was like, that's a very BYU moment uh-huh. as well. That, that, that uh, <laughs> resonates it with the BYU crowd. It could have not been that. He said, yeah. what, a, what a friggin' moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right in the heart of New York. Okay, two Show BYU. title, done. Okay. And then he said, this franchise is going to lift you, not the other way around. Which is nice to hear. I, I am really excited to see how that happens. Well, and it did, because let's talk about what the Jets did. Okay. The Jets trade up to 14. They had a great first, first round, round Jerem. And they get Elijah Vera Tucker, who was an offensive lineman at USC that we saw in 2019 who is a guard, but he can play tackle as well. So you have uh, you know an all-pro and pro bowl left tackle there. Yeah. Um, and then you have Tucker coming in, uh, Vera Tucker. So that's exciting because they want to build around him. When you get a quarterback and a lineman, you know where the investment is. The draft capital is going that direction. So that was, that was great. And to see Zach go too, it's, just st- it's still surreal Amazing. because you see all these names, all these college names, all these big stars, national champions, Zach was the second dude taken. Yes. And what's random thing, because Trevor Lawrence is at home, we had no hugs with the commish, which is the thing last year. You know who had the first hug since 2019 with the commish? Zach Wilson. It was Zach Wilson. Yep. Just super random. You mentioned the six Alabama players. Zach Wilson was drafted higher than all six of those Alabama players. Which is pretty gnarly. <laughs> then the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. It just is pretty surreal, like you yes. said. Great. I love that Zach Wilson's – Arguably biggest fan in the media, Chris Sims, was very ready to tweet and said, wow, New York Jets doing big things. I love Vera Tucker. The Jets are going to be running the Shanahan run scheme, and you need talented offensive linemen. Vera Tucker can play tackle or guard, as you mentioned, Jerem, but probably best at guard. Adam Schefter, Zach Wilson's newest friend, is USC guard Elijah Vera Tucker. Just as the Chargers are protecting Justin Herbert, the Jets doing the same thing with Wilson. All these positive moves by the Jets and the mojo is good. Now I it's just a celebratory to, night. Yeah, yes, for sure. I just yeah. am so excited to see what happens Come when they get on the field for the first time yes. with this new culture and excitement, and they're trying to protect their quarterback. What type of a weapon is Zach Wilson going to have behind him at running back? Are they going to draft one today? You would think they will. Yeah, perhaps. They think they have the 34th overall pick, their second or third pick today. I take it one round at a time. Spencer. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm just I'm excited. <laughs> I, it was cool to see them trade up and go get a coveted yeah. offensive lineman 
saying, look, Zach, we're going to protect you. We're going to do what we can. But then backing it up by spending some cash, by spending some draft picks and saying, see, this is what we're talking about. The we're anti-pa- going to help you. The anti-Packers. Oh, hey, Aaron Rodgers. Nope, we're just going to get a defensive player. Uh, the Harlem Jets. Oh, Remember yeah. the Harlem Jets? This was fantastic. So the Harlem Jets are uh, a group in Harlem, of course, uh, that it's a, it's a group that encourages youth football. So BYU went there a couple years ago, okay? The, the first time that Zach was actually introduced to New York and the Jets, I suppose, in a way, right? Someone tell the New York Jets that we drafted Zach uh, years ago in Harlem. <laughs> he was already our first-round pick. Congrats, Zach. Dreams do come true. you got a huge fan base already here. We're definitely coming to watch you this season and cheer you on. That's cool. There is a connection to Harlem with BYU football and Zach Wilson, and they're called the Jets. There you go. He's on the cover of the New York Daily News again, not surprisingly. And the headline <laughs> this is, great. is, quote, the playbook of Mormon. Yep. <laughs> Laying off the Broadway play, of course, in the book. I love the headline just below that, though. Yes. It says, Mr. Rogers wants new neighborhood. They, whoever the headline writers are, they're excellent, man. They're excellent. Okay, so this was notable. Um, second top five pick in the last nine drafts for BYU. Mm. How about that? A lot of schools that can't say that. Not a ton of picks overall, right. but they've had right. some big time. Yes, picks. BYU needs to get more volume, but listen, if you're if you're firing a certain missile, there's some big <laughs> there's some big missiles BYU's uh, firing occasionally, right? And when you look at what BYU did in the first round, hey, pretty notable when compared to a single conference hmm. that did not invite BYU a couple years ago, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU had more first-round draft picks than the entire Big <laughs> Hey, Bob. Bob Bowlesby. What's going over there, buddy? We're still here. Still here. Still here. <laughs> Producing number two pick. Oh, I love the stat yeah, of the day. What, I'm what, to, what a way to bring that stat of the day back. It's been on hiatus for a little bit. Kind of, well, we've, yeah, yeah. I love stat of the day. <laughs> I love the music, mainly. Yeah, what, and just what a night. And we'll, we'll get to this at some point. Like, where's this rank in BYU history in, in moments? I, I think it's really high up there. I think yeah. it's top 10 somewhere. Um, pretty cool, man, to have the number two pick. Let's hear more from the man of the night, Zach Wilson, who was clearly ready to get on stage. He was already there. In fact, when his name was called, phone calls had taken place with the Jets. He knew what was happening. And here's what he said about that onstage experience. Coming out there and meeting the commissioner was awesome. You know, obviously there's some passionate, passionate Jets fans, and that's what keeps that team going. And uh, it was awesome to, you know, kind of celebrate with those guys a little bit on the stage. And there was a lot of energy, you know, really just going on in my head. I just can't wait to get started. It was fun to see him high five some fans, but I was like, this is this is different. Everyone's vaccinated though, so it's okay. That's going saying, through my mind. I'm like, I kept saying double vaccine. Wash meaning, your hands, meaning they had gotten the second. Wash shot. your hands after you high five. Which one of you got the Johnson and Johnson? <laughs> um, yeah, big time stuff. So today, Zach will be introduced to the media. Uh, Mel Kiper Jr. acting like Draper's, like uh, you know, farmland or something. Anyway, uh, he's ready to get this rolling. Can't wait to get on. Uh... Over to the facility, get into Jersey, and, and start meeting those guys. I think I think that's where it all starts: is building a connection with the with the new players and, and then the coaches, and then making sure that we we start uh, start from ground one, and we're gonna start installing offense and, and getting back into camp and all that kind of thing. So it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, very cool. We both spoke with John Beck. You mentioned the camo. John texted me after the baseball game and said Zach gets on the plane first thing in the morning. Yeah, he's headed to New York, 
And then the real fun begins. But Zach said the thing that was giving him anxiety, he told us this earlier in the week, was just having to wait before he could actually get to work. He's like, I just want to dive in now. I just want to know where I'm going so that I can get in the playbook right now. It's like when you get your mission call, minus 35 million bucks. Uh, but where you're like, hey, I want to just do the thing now. I don't want to like wait. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get this thing rolling. And learning another language without being in that country is like um, practicing swimming strokes outside of water. It's just you just gotta you just gotta go right. You gotta get into that. Um, unless you're stateside, and then you just that would have been harder. That mm. would have been harder for sure. One of our favorite images last night: the family around him. Oh, I love that. And uh, I, I, it is like he does look so young. We've stared at him for three years. He looks so young. Compared to everybody else, I can see the uh, comparisons where it's like, oh, he looks like a a guy that would play Zach Wilson in a Disney movie, or <laughs> he's every '80s uh, villain or whatever. You know, that's that always that always makes me laugh. Oh, again, John Beck, uh, his coaches, Kalani Sitake, Fessy Sitake, Aaron Rodgers. I wish Lil Wayne would have been in there too, but anyway, his high school coach, Coach Care from yeah. Corner Canyon, also there to witness it. It was, I liked that that Zach made it a point to bring all of those guys in that helped him develop his Yeah. And this year they had career. more room. Yeah. Like, hey, we're get, we have to space you guys out away from each other and have, you know, partitions. And so he – listen, they told him he could have one assistant coach. And then he yeah. said, mm, I'm taking three or I'm not showing up. And when you're the second pick, you have that kind of leverage. Zach Wilson with that leverage – had his posse around him and spoke about what that was like to have the people that he cares most about with him in this life-changing moment. Yeah, it means the world to have those guys here with me. You know, I had to, I had to push these guys to let me get as many as I could here because, you know, these guys truly uh, had, had such a big toll on me and, and in order to get me uh, to where I am today. It was awesome uh, to have my three coaches here, my high school coach here as well, and then my whole family. Zach Wilson, number two overall. To the New York Jets. It's it's crazy, man. It, I'm looking at the Jets schedule last night, saying, okay, we don't know dates and times yet, but maybe there's a game that there is Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill, maybe. When yeah, well, there's the Saints and Jets are going to play, there's but Zach, we don't know if Taysom can start, right? Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones, maybe mm-hmm. twice. I mean, okay. there's some really intriguing things. Will that, Zach Wilson play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I didn't look close enough. Yeah, I don't know. Is there a Tom Brady versus Zach Wilson scenario? <laughs> well then, okay then. That's heavy, right? It's like, is it bad that when he was drafted, I went, oh, I went to the Jets. <laughs> I was like, please somehow get somewhere else. I've go to the Niners. I, I've the green goggles are on for me, you know. I, I, and again, it's rooting with your heart. You just hope. You hope yeah. so much, totally, that it goes well and that there's progress. You know, I'm hopeful. What, you know, it was kind of fun. It was pretty quiet last night from a certain. Uh, nearby fan base? Yes. Mm. That's pretty quiet. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And it will be quiet the whole time. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. It is our pleasure to welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, MPSF champion, BYU volleyball star, Will Stanley. Once again, Will, congratulations on another federation championship and the number two overall seed. Thanks, guys. 
How do you feel about the uh, number two seed looking up at number one Hawaii? You know, I think it's where we would have been, you know, where we were last year going into those games against Hawaii. And it's kind of a good feeling for us. I think we, we like that number two spot. I think when we, especially at the beginning of the year, just that, that number one seed really, it made us put a target on our back and it made us really kind of feel the pressure of having to be that team that, that is, you know, looked at by everybody. So I think, you know, getting that two seed is good. Hawaii deserved that one seed. They, they played well all year and they, they were a great team. So I think we, us being there takes the pressure off of us a little bit and kind of lets us just play loose, play our game. And, and, you know, we've got two games, two games for the rest of the season, two games for a lot of our BYU careers for a lot of guys on the court. So just, just that that's all the, that's the whole thing we're going into is just, we we're the two seed. We've got two games and just, just get it going. I I think you guys are almost better as the two. I think you guys play better when you feel, you know, somewhat disrespected last year. It was like, Hey, we feel like we're the number one team, the media poll. You actually became number one before you went to Hawaii. And then it was an epic battle, right? And you guys split and you guys dominated the first night Mm -hmm. and then barely lost on the second night. So tell me the truth. Do you guys feel better playing as the two? Or the one? I don't know. I think, I think when Hawaii lost that semifinal game, I think we went into the final game saying, "Hey, let's let's prove, let's give the committee at least something to think about." And I think either way, if we went one, two, or I mean, with even the way they were talking, three, I think we were just trying to get to a point where we were playing our best volleyball going into that week. I, I think we like being the two seed even I'm mean, honestly I would have even have been happy with the three seed because I think that gives us another thing to fight for but we we do well with kind of this motivation that people don't think we're going to be able to do this people don't think we're going to be able to make it to a certain place so so that just kind of puts you know another another thing moving forward to help us you know get better and we have a whole week now to get to hone our skills practice a little bit and get ready for the tournament next week so it's going to be just one of those one of those weeks of grinding and keep keep trying to prove people i knew it will i knew you guys wanted to be no i and i totally agree because the way that you guys played last year going into hawaii like you were out to prove something and so now you're the two seed you certainly have the respect of everybody but hawaii's the favorite in this thing and they should be like you said given that they are undefeated until last week in that but now you play Lewis, Penn State, or Belmont Abbey, and then potentially Hawaii again. So it's, there's this, a group of seven seniors, and we chronicled it your entire career. Like, this is a special group. You guys could have gone to as many a four, as four tournaments if there was one last year, which has never happened in BYU history. So tell us about the chemistry of these seven seniors in this group and kind of your final hurrah here. You're playing for all the marbles. Yeah, I think, I think it really started that – 2019 season when we didn't have the greatest season when we went 12 and 13 and and you know we had gotten Davide that year and then we had you know I, it was my first year starting and then I got hurt and then Zach started kind of come into the loop and Gabby and Felipe were making you know, Gabby had already made a name for himself but you know Mickey and Lipe are starting to make names for themselves and I think that year kind of put into kind of pushed us to be better over the summer and so and so we kind of it woke us up as sophomores and juniors and then it, it showed it showed in that 2020 season. And I think that's where we bonded. I think that's where we really kind of got together as a group. And, you know, with everything, all the hardships that happened and all the all the different problems that we went through after that season got canceled, I think it really brought us together. I think, guys, you know, we, we took time to hang out outside of volleyball. We got to know each other outside of volleyball. And 
that summer built this relationship. And then me, Zach and Mickey uh, wanting to come back and telling them guys, Hey, we're, we're here. We want to play volleyball. We, we, we are committed to winning a national championship. And I think that that kind of lit a fire under, you know, Gabby's eyes, Felipe's eyes, and just saying, Hey, we're, these guys are coming back. They're, they're foregoing whatever we could have done that next year going pro or, or going into, you know, our graduate programs and schools and just, it showed guys that we want to be back. And I think that that's kind of grown our relationships and, and we, we've become brothers. I think the, the seven of us have become brothers. And I, I mean, it's, it's been something special. And I think it's, I mean, I really don't want the season to end. I don't, we're, we're going to be close and we're going to be talking and definitely for a long, long time in the future. Will Stanley of second-ranked BYU men's volleyball with us on BYU Sports Nation. Will, when you talk about the additional emotion because of all of the seniors and essentially playing for two seasons because the 2020 campaign never got to see its final resolution, how do you cobble together all of that emotion and not let it get a little bit out of hand but just stay in the moment knowing that there is so much on the line? Yeah, you know, we – we we talk with Craig Manning, the our sports performance uh, mentor, and he he does a great job of of really preaching, like stay in the moment, strong strong positive, strong talk to yourself, and and we all of last week it was just because we're playing in a tournament game, it doesn't mean we change the way we play volleyball. We should be playing volleyball just like we did um, the week before in a regular season match. There's nothing more you have to do in the postseason if you've been a team that's proven yourself. And I think we've, we've done a good job and we've been able to prove ourselves throughout the year that we are a team to beat. So it's been, we've been trying to, I think the senior led team helps because we're able to kind of know where to push, where to not push, where the, when we need to bring our energy up, where we should keep it, you know, steady and just playing every game. Like it's a regular season game is what we're trying to do. We're not trying to do too much. We don't want to push it to a point where, hey, we're playing in the national tournament now and we have to change the way we play if we want to win. We know that if we play the way we've played, and we're going to be fine. We're, we're, we're a team where our best is good enough for us to go out and play against every team in the country. Amen to that. And I'm looking forward to the tournament uh, next week, May 6th. You guys play either Lewis, Penn State, or Belmont Abbey. Probably Lewis, but uh, we'll see what happens. At Ohio State is interesting too, Will, because your freshman season, you played in that tournament where BYU defeated Barton, number one Long Beach State, in an upset in the semifinals, then lost to Ohio State at St. John Arena in Columbus at Ohio State. But the Cavelli Center is a new volleyball facility they built. That's where it is. So not the same building, but it does feel like there's some demons to exercise there at Ohio State, right? Yeah, you know, I still have, I still have got a little sour taste in my mouth from that tournament, and just. I mean, playing Ohio State, that, that freshman year game was fun. I mean, it was amazing. It was great for my career. I think just being able to be in that game and be able to see the the level and the intensity that it takes to win a national championship, I think it, for me and Mickey especially and Mitch, being at that game and playing in that game is, is going to come in handy. And I think we know uh, we've been to Ohio State, and I think I, I'm, I'm talking to Mitch's parents on Saturday, and just we, we've all kind of got this sour taste in our mouth from the last time we were there. So getting out there and just just putting on a show, and it's, it's you know the nice thing is this year it's it's more of me, Mitch, and Mickey's show. We're able to kind of you know hold our own fate in this sense and go out and, and try to try to get rid of what what happened four years or almost yeah, five years ago now. You're old, man. <laughs> I know. I've been here, I've been here way too long. 
Will, your dad, John, played basketball and volleyball at BYU. Some consider him the greatest to ever play at BYU. And your half-brother, Clay, is an outstanding volleyball legacy as well. So what are those guys telling you as you prepare for this tournament upcoming in Columbus? You know, they're they're I think at a point where they're just they're just here for the ride. They're they're riding along. They're just happy that we're at a point where we're playing in the postseason. And my dad and, and Clay have always kind of been they're not much of the type to try to give you advice and give you you know hey let's do this do that. They're just sitting there saying hey nice you know nice game yesterday. Congrats on winning. And and they're just they're ready to watch and support. And that's been the biggest thing for me is I think they've just been these kind of anchors that I can lean back on and just if I ever have questions or need anything, they're there for me, but they're not out. And, you know, if I don't, if I'm not asking for help, they're not out there trying to give me help and, and push what they did or, or, you know, how, I mean, my brother's played in the gold medal match. So he, he knows what it's like to play at the highest level and the most important match, but he's still not going to be a person, you know, call me and say, Hey, this is what I did during that time. If I reach out to him and ask him, he'd gladly, you know, give me his insight and what he did. But but they're just there to support. They're, you know, giving me kind words and, and just kind of pushing me to, to keep playing at my best and do what I can. I think that's that's been great for me. Well, listen, in the semifinal against Lewis, if it is Lewis, there's there's a demon exercise. The 03 national title match, Lewis beat BYU. Mm-hmm. Later vacated, by the mm-hmm. way, by the Flyers. But uh, And then, of course, uh, you know, Hawaii could, could be, if it is. We'll see. Pepperdine, UCSB in the, uh, you know, the play-in to the semifinal, the quarterfinal. Could be interesting. So it's going to be a fun tournament, man. Uh, best of luck. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Yes. And uh, in, in Columbus, there's a lot going on. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. You got it. Will Stanley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. What a legacy. Oh yeah, for sure. Rings. John was here a couple weeks ago. His not his brother, but his dad. And uh, yeah, it was fun to sit down with him and chat with him. And Clay is like all world. It was just unbelievable. And so yeah, Will has a chance. Will and this group have a chance to do something that no group has done since so far, which is actually win the national championship. This team is good enough, and like you said, their best is good enough. They don't have to play crazy, right? They don't have to play like the game of their lives right, to win. Right. They just have to play a good game, um, two good games, because Lewis is good. Lewis is good, 20-2 and two out of the Miva, And then hopefully it's Hawaii. I want Hawaii. I want BYU sure. to beat Lewis, and I want Hawaii because we saw last year a couple of epic matches. Earn it, baby. Yeah, bring on the best. And if it ends up being easier and it's not Hawaii, that's great too because I like winning more than anything else. Ohio State was the team that was bombing from the service line in 2017. Well, and, six, like, and 16. They beat I us feel two like BYU is the team that bombs from the service line in 2021. With Gabby, yes. Davide, I love most it. of the time. But Ohio State, I had like three dudes. Yeah. We, get, we have one and a half right now that are bombing consistently. Let's, let's go. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is former BYU football player and future NFL offensive lineman Brady Christensen. Brady, welcome back to the show. Explain your emotions right now on draft day eve. 
Yeah, you know when you're a little kid and it's Christmas Eve and you can't fall asleep and you're like, Santa's coming tonight, Santa's coming tonight. That's kind of how I feel. It's it's uh, the same same exact feeling. I feel like a little kid again. <laughs> Santa, but this time a bag of cash, which is very exciting. Brady, hopefully, hopefully someone reaches for you in the first. That would be amazing. You know, a lot of discussion about you in the second or third round, maybe the fourth, but second or third feels like the spot. But what are you hearing? What's the discussion like? Yeah, I'm, I mean, my agent said if he was betting man, if he had ten thousand dollars, he'd be, he would bet second round, and that's kind mm. of what we're hoping for, what 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 we're thinking. Um, obviously, it's a draft; you never know. I've gotten a lot of third round grades as well. Um, obviously, that could happen. I'm, you never know. First round would be amazing too. I'm just really glad that I've done my best um, in pro day and interviews and stuff. And now it's kind of out of my control. Now it's up to the teams and whoever wants me the most, man, I'm excited to go there. Let's talk about that pro day because it was record setting in some instances and certainly caught the attention of the 31 different NFL teams that were in attendance at the indoor practice facility. We know Zach Wilson's throw was amazing, but your numbers as an offensive lineman really jumped off the page, jump, no pun intended. What kind of difference did you notice after your pro day performance and interest from these teams? Yeah, I've said it before. I don't think a team will draft you based on your pro day, but I think it makes teams re-watch your film and maybe like, hey, maybe we missed something. Let's go watch them again. Let's go watch the games. And so I've had a bunch of interviews with teams, teams I haven't talked to before. I had like three, four interviews with them the next couple weeks because um, I really feel like that kind of like, oh, shoot, we got to see who this kid is. You know, he's not just some big, fat, white guy from BYU. He can actually move and, <laughs> and do all right. Um, so I think uh, I think it did me really good, you know, and, and I feel really confident in my film and how I played the last couple of years. So I'm glad that I was able to do what I did and, and hopefully get some more teams interested. On Pro Day, I said on the show, I said, I think that Brady is considered an early day three guy is the perception, but that he moved himself uh, into day two. And so it felt like, yeah, like you said, people went back and watched the film. They were like, look at this guy. Um, how much of this year was, was uh, you know, you do, doing what you've been doing, but now you had a bigger stage because obviously BYU goes 11-1. and one. Of course, people are looking at the left tackle when they're staring at Zach as well. How have you leveraged that into some successes as well on your end? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, like you're saying, uh, last year we had great competition. You know, I, I faced a lot of good DNs and this year as well. Um, but I just think that extra ex- exposure um, helped a ton. Uh, a lot of scouts watching, you know, obviously 30 what, whatever one teams at Pro Day was huge to get that exposure. And I feel like that's so good for BYU because there's so much talent in those rooms, in those uh, position rooms that – I'm hoping this just keeps the exposure going for BYU football and and hopefully just have a pipeline of NFL guys um, for years to come. Your buddy Zach Wilson is headed to Cleveland for the draft festivities. What are your plans for watching the draft and waiting for that call? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm going up to Bountiful where I'm from originally. You know, going to golf Bountiful Ridge a couple of days. Yeah, in the morning to try to keep my mind off of it, but just really try to enjoy the experience. You know, it's going to be a long couple of days. I'm just kind of waiting for my name to get called, but I'm excited just to be with my family. We're going to have good food and just enjoy the experience because this is, only happens once. So I'm really, really excited for the next couple of days. Understandably, Brady. 
quick tangent question. How's your golf game? And I ask this because your quarterback says he's not very good. So can you beat Zach Wilson in golf? Yes. I'm not, I'm not the best. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not the best golfer. You know, I'm inconsistent. But when I'm on, I have a bad hook. That's, that's my problem, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I swing too hard. But if, it, if I can slow my swing down and hit it straight, you know, I'm, I'm looking – my goal is always an 18, like in the 80s. You know, if I'm in the 80s, uh, I'm a happy camper. So around bogey golf is what I'm at right now. Oh, oh yeah, that's good. In B-Town, as they call in it. B-Town, you know? baby. Bountiful, Bountiful. B-Town, go, baby. B-Town. <laughs> West Jordan, we didn't have Wee Joe or anything like that. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so you ran a 4.8940. What does it feel like to run faster than Spencer's 5.1 or 5.1 or 3.40 yeah, yeah. that we did a couple of yeah, That was years? super fun. Well, I, yeah, I knew your number, so I was like, man, I got it. <laughs> that was really my only goal. <laughs> Congratulations. You ran yeah. faster than a middle-aged vanilla man, as Jamal Williams calls well, he's, us. He's a little heavier, but yeah. I made it. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, at what point in the draft tomorrow are you? It, will your heart rate increase? Meaning, okay, I might be taken here. Oof, I don't know. Um, I think – it's going to be racing the whole time, obviously racing for Zach first off. And there's a lot of teams towards the end of the the first round that have shown a lot of interest in me. Um, And so my heart will be racing for sure. I'm obviously not expecting anything, but just excited for tomorrow and Friday as well. And and wherever I go, um, my heart will be racing until I get that call and say, Hey, you want to be so-and-so and And I'll, I'll be ready to go. I just need a shot and I'm excited to go prove, uh, who I am and what I can do for a team and really help them uh, make it to the next level. Brady, in terms of positioning for the NFL and moving positions potentially on an offensive line, are you all in on tackle or are other teams talking to you about potentially moving to another position on the offensive line? I'm all in for tackle. Correct. Yes. Left, right. I feel like I can play both at a high level. I'm also in for guard and center. I feel like I can play all five at an extremely high level. I'm ready to be versatile, um, and what a team needs, I'll be ready to play. Um, So I'm excited to see what team wants me and where they want me to play, and I'll be ready to go. And and my goal is really to be the game one starter um, wherever, and that's kind of uh, what what I want to do, and that's my goal for myself. Yeah, and if you're second round, you will be, right? Second round pick, they're like, you're the guy. Let's go right now, right? Um, Did did your one – um, you know, I can't remember. Was it a catch or a carry? I can't remember did, against Northern Illinois. Did that come up in any conversations with the NFL teams? No, not one. I was, I've been expecting it, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, we, we saw your play. Maybe we'll design a better player. We'll get someone to block for you, you know, or you will have to make a better move, but no, it never came up. You know, I want, <laughs> I want another shot. I felt like I wasn't like, I, I don't know. I didn't give it my best on that play. So I'm, I'm ready for another shot to carry the ball. Well, neither did James in blocking that play, right? <laughs> uh, I, still, I, I, still, I still give James grief for Don't worry. <laughs> That's like the one block James has missed his whole career. You know what I mean? And it had like, to be that like, play. He's been unbelievable. And then it's like, bro, we could pull a Dustin Reichert 01 uh, Liberty Bowl tackle eligible play and get yeah. a touchdown here. Who, who was yeah, it? He, he grades yeah. like 99%, you know, <laughs> just that one play. The one play. <laughs> did, did you grow up rooting for a specific team? And forgive me if we've asked you that before. Uh, I grew up, as far as NFL teams, yeah. though, you're asking? Yeah. 
Yeah, I grew up. I actually grew up a Titan fan, a Tennessee Titan fan. I, nice. My brother gave me an Eddie Eddie George jersey uh, back in the day, and so I don't know. I wore it. It was like two sizes too big, but I wore it in second grade all the time because I thought <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. So I just kind of stuck with it, you know, stuck with them for for growing up. Oh, blocking for Derrick Henry would be fun. Sure, hey, hey, it's it's a possibility. It's a I, possibility. I, I, I want you to go to the Seahawks, like. It would be so fun. I'd never hit you up for tickets, ever. Uh, so that'd be amazing. Hey, hey, but I get you tickets. Yeah, thank you. Well, I wouldn't say that a lot, you know, because then everyone's like, "Oh, I can ask Brady." I, I asked Ziggy one time. He didn't get back to me. But anyway, <laughs> all good. Brady Christensen with us on BYU Sports Nation as he prepares for the NFL draft. Brady, what would you think about? The idea of playing with Zach Wilson, I don't know, let's say in that green of the New York Jets. I would I would love to be able to block for that guy again. I, I tell him, I'm like, dude, you got to put in a good work, an extra good work for me, like maybe <laughs> like a package deal or something. <laughs> but I, I, I would love to play for him. The Jets have showed interest as well. Um, so I'd be ready to go out there to New York and, and give it my all and be able to protect him would be would be amazing. Uh, experience yeah that'd be really fun and we've talked about hey if any cougars can combine that's always a really fun story to be teammates right absolutely we're told you you just had a uh, baby boy recently tell us about that yep yep little baby boy appreciate it what's his Uh, name yeah when was he born he was born uh march 16th his name is uh ledger um he was born, funny story about him, he was born only 713, you know, really normal size, you know, coming from me, which is kind of shocking. <laughs> but his feet, his the doctors, every doctor was like, those are the biggest feet we've ever seen out of a little baby. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you might be tall, you never know. <laughs> That's so awesome, just, man. Uh, he's he's a cute little guy, man. It changes your life, really oh eye-opening. And just just an amazing experience, as as you guys know. You know, it's a, it's been amazing. What a, what an insane time of life, you know, having a baby and, uh, you know, <laughs> rat, you know, get preparing for the draft and everything. So what, what do you like emotionally right now? Cause you talked about like, Hey, I'm super stoked, but you're also like changing diapers. Sometimes waking up in the middle of the night, you, you could be at someone's facility this weekend, at least temporarily OTAs are coming up in, in a little bit, like a lot's going on for you right now. Yeah. I, I, I always tell my family, like, they always ask how I'm doing. I was like, I'm almost, I was almost made for this time. Cause as a kid, man, I was always active. Like there was a story where I wanted to go golfing and my, my older sister was going to come with me and she's like, let me take a nap first. And so I was outside chipping while she was napping, you know, playing <laughs> whatever basketball. I was always just going, 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 going. And that was kind of always how I've been. And so that's how I am right now, man. There's no downtime. It's, it's go. It's interviews with teams, mm. changing the diaper, feeding so i keep the weight on you know uh stretching massages it's it's full on and i've loved it so far and it's been an amazing experience to have both of them they really are two of the biggest events someone could go through in their life and i'm just soaking it in and and loving it future nfl offensive lineman brady christensen with us on byu sports nation you just told us that the jets were showing interest I don't know if you want to reveal your cards as to all of the teams showing interest, but if you do or don't care, what are some of those teams that have showed added interest in you? And it's, uh, I've talked to, I think I've talked to 31 out of 32 teams now. Wow. Um, it's been, it's been crazy. Not all have been zooms or O-line coaches, but I've talked to 20 plus O-line coaches. I mean, the Raiders have showed interest, the chiefs, 
the Giants, the Falcons, Titans. Um, so I, I feel like I've done really good at just trying to sell myself and show who I am and be like, hey, look, I can help your program. I'm going to be good off the field. I'm going to work my tail off to really help you guys make it to the next level. And that's kind of that's kind of what I'm hoping to do. And I hope some team kind of falls in love with me and, and feel that and, and they take me. And so that's kind of I'll go anywhere and excited to see who takes me the highest. Hey, listen, the one team that didn't show interest in you, you can tell me off the air and I'll tweet something mean at them later in the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, between me and you, I'll tell you. <laughs> and, and we're going to discuss, uh, you know, this coming up, and we have been over the last several weeks, months, you know, next couple of days, but there could be a hall of Cougars drafted. So what's it like for the group to go into this draft knowing, hey, this will be one of the best NFL drafts in BYU history? Yeah, that's what me and Shannon have been – we've been getting a lot of work together uh, lately, but that's what we've been saying. We're, we're going to enjoy each day of the draft, watching the draft, because someone could go each day, you know, first day, Zach, whatever, second day, there's so many uh, possibilities, third day. There's just a ton of us, and it's it's just going to be so fun to see where everyone goes, and hopefully one or two of us ends up on, on the same team, you know, and that would be amazing. But I'm pumped for this uh, draft class. I feel like there's going to be a lot of players with uh, great long careers um, ahead of them. Brady, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the madness that will ensue with the draft coming up in B-Town with your family. For your golf game, hey, go and dominate at Bountiful Ridge Golf Course. Do your thing. Enjoy the draft. We're just thrilled for you, man. Congratulations. Appreciate it, guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks for uh, having me on. You got it. Brady Christensen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's awesome. And what a story, right? Like a two-star, you know, undersized, uh, you know, offensive lineman out of Bountiful comes to BYU. Boom. First team All-American. And then I'll be surprised if he goes all the way to the fourth round. I think, you know, first three rounds feels like what could happen here. BYU is going to have, we hope, two draft picks in the first three rounds. That'll be great. And they should. When you're a top 15 team, you don't do that with a bunch of scrubs. You do that with real talent, right? But he's right. The interest in this year's draft undoubtedly is extremely high just because we don't know when you especially day three yeah all BYU fans are going to be glued like any, to the tv any moment it could be like Dex mill yes Kyrus join the conversation 24 7 on twitter instagram and facebook using the hashtag byusn the best of byu sports nation rolls on after this Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Doth thou buy the narrative that Zach's adjustment from Draper and Prover to New York will be a tough hurdle for him? It's not so much about Draper, Utah to New York. It's anywhere to New York. The New York media is just brutal for anybody that's not from New York or anywhere close to the East Coast. So, no, I, I, I think Zach has been uh, told a billion times, so he's probably preparing for something just, like, unbearably bad. So may, maybe it'll be a little bit better than he's expecting it to be because all he's heard is nightmares about this whole thing. He's dealt with Utah fans for years. He should be just fine, right? He should be. No, obviously it's going to be. He's dealt with an insufferable fan base. (laughs) And at times BYU. Uh, Yeah. No, they play in New Jersey too, but no, it's going to be a challenge to ignore that noise, certainly. And there are going to be a lot of people trying to get his attention. But 
he loves to just play the game and kind of hone in. Listen, he acknowledges them. He wore a wristband that said, you know, uh, prove them wrong. You know, with Bose, he's got a thing like quiet the noise. Yeah. Like, all good. Good point by John Beck to us earlier this week, too, saying, like, it's going to be really fun. They're going to love him. He's going to be the darling for this buildup. Initially. But as soon as the games start and as soon as those struggles hit, they will turn on you in a moment's notice. How does he respond when that happens? Yeah. Cougar board. Who was more excited about the New York Jets pick of USC offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker at number 14? Was it Zach Wilson? You got some help? Was it Elijah's mom, who was super stoked? Or was it ESPN analyst Todd McShay? I'm guessing it's going to be Zach, because this guy's going to save him from uh, brutal hits. (laughs) The most expressive was Elijah's mom, understandably, but... Yeah, the most excited is definitely Zach Wilson. This doubled down on the Jets saying, we're going all in on helping you and putting pieces around you to help you succeed so that we can build this thing out of the dumpster. Where will Zach make more money, sponsorships or the contract? Oh, man. To me, it's not close. Ah, it's going to be his football contract. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be his football contract. Like he's, I know he's I'm a media 34 darling. 34 mil in sponsorships? He's got a lot lot. of different side deals going, but not worth that much. Thirty plus million dollars is a lot to catch up to. Yeah, it'll be the contract, but uh, yeah, homie's making a lot of coin, man. BYU's now had two top five picks in the last nine combined NFL drafts. When are they going to have another top five pick, Jerem? Next year? No, I don't don't know. To to have two in nine years is pretty notable. It's because there have been three in the top five ever. Jim McMahon was one of them. Yeah, who was the? It was Jim McMahon in 1982, and then it was it would have been Steve Young in 2013. Okay, so even if it's Steve Young, it's 30 it? years, 30 years between top that's five like, picks. That's like saying, when's the next lottery pick for BYU men's basketball? I don't know. <laughs> 20 years, 10 years, five years, I don't know. Uh, let's go, uh, let's be in the middle. Nine years. In nine. And th- so in uh, 21 years, BYU's going to have another top five pick. There's a kid that's like 13 right now that's going to be the next person or WNBA maybe or something right who knows the person that could potentially not be born that could be the next top five pick for BYU think about that way to bring that to the table Mm -hmm. uh has BYU baseball turned a corner after winning the last two I'm not ready to say that they have officially turned the corner but beating nationally ranked Arizona State eight to five on Tuesday and then following that up with a 12 to nothing 18 hit performance win against St. Mary's who had the best combined ERA in the WCC got great pitching, and BYU shelled them. Apparently not. If BYU wins tonight, and they win three in a row, and lock up the series tonight, then I will say that they have thrown the corner, but they got to win one more. Yeah, I think you have to win uh, three in a row. But even then, what if what if BYU returns to its ways next week, right? Um, no, get through this series. Yeah. But so far, so good through this week. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. For our BYU Cougars remaining NFL prospects draft projections. Okay, here we go. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Now, everybody remaining waiting and hoping to hear their name called either today. Draft coverage begins at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain, or tomorrow Rounds four through seven happen on Saturday morning into the afternoon. Okay, let's start with Brady Christensen, Jerem. Where Heard do you have Brady going? Third round. Cowboys. Okay. 
I have Brady. I have no good reason for any. No, of this. this is all just random. Yes. Okay. Uh, and we'll see if any of us gets anything even close. Or let's get one of them. Amazing. One of them. Okay. Right. I thought about this a little bit. I was like, I, oh, good for I, you. I dabbled a little <laughs> bit, but then I was like, all right, I'll just go random. Yeah. Um, BYU has great ties with offensive linemen and interior linemen on both sides of the ball with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Brady Christensen, third round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <sighs> Kyrus Tonga, fourth round, Broncos. So I'm going a little higher, Kyrus, uh, but Broncos. I'm going to go fifth round for Kyrus to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, Kyrus just feels like a guy that would be with the Cleveland Browns. And, yes, the BYU tie there. Mm. Okay, that's fun. Dax, Dax Milne. Dax. Dax and Flaxen, Waxen. Uh, sixth round to the Texans. Okay. Who his quarterback is, we'll see with the offseason. <laughs> and maybe it'll be Aaron Rodgers. That, well, <laughs> yeah, who, who knows, right? They're figuring aye, aye, things aye. out there. I say seventh round to the Jets. I'm all Ooh, in on Dax Milne really joining that. Zach Wilson with That'd be the fun. Jets in New York. That'd be fun. Okay. What about Matt Bushman? Sixth round Vikings. Mm. Feels like a Viking. Okay. Yeah. I'm going with the family ties here. Uh, he's done everything else that his father-in-law has done, right? He married a volleyball player who mm-hmm. happens to be Chad Lewis's daughter. Yep. And he was a star tight end at BYU, just like Chad. So he why foot, wouldn't he had a foot injury? Why wouldn't the Eagles take Matt Bushman. Yes, and he had a footage. Why wouldn't because they take Andy him in the Reed's seventh not round? There anymore. Seventh round, Matt Bushman what to the, the Philadelphia Ch- Eagles. What if the Chiefs take him? That'd be sweet. Okay, Chandon Herring. What do, you, what do you got? I think he's going to be a late pick, too. Seventh round, Washington football team. I'm going, I'm just like way out on a limb on this. Chandon Herring could be a fourth rounder to the Bengals. Oh, hey. Or undrafted. Like, Come protect you know, Joe who, Burrow. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Right? He needs all the protection that uh, he can get on the offensive line. There you go. <laughs> Good grief. Tristan Hodge. Toronto Argonauts. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um, undrafted but free agent deal with the Cardinals. This see, is so random. Hopefully we get one. I know. And for whatever reason, I was like, I, I see Tristan Hodge wearing a Denver Broncos uniform. I think he'd be a perfect Raider. Ooh. Like, you want to change a pick? No. Okay. Undrafted. Unless it's correct. Okay. <laughs> but I'll change it after. Don't worry. You got him undrafted to the Cardinals. I say yeah. undrafted to the Denver Broncos. What about Chris Wilcox? He ran that 4-3-1. Yep. yep. Is he going to get drafted? I have undrafted, but to my Seahawks in uh, free agency. Chris Wilcox is going to be the next Michael Davis. He, he will make a roster. He'll make a practice squad, and then he'll make a roster. I think he's going to go to the Chiefs. I think Andy Reid's like, That'd be fun. Mm, I like that BYU guy. A lot That'd of speed, a lot of special teams. Daniel Sorensen got one of those already. Yeah, let's go with Chris Wilcox. One of those. Isaiah Kafusi. <laughs> Undrafted to the Jets. They they know Kafusis. They know Kafusis with Bronson and Corbin yes. last year. So they're yes. like, oh, your cousin? Yeah. Well, one of the Kafusis is now playing for the Green Bay Packers, which is why I think Isaiah Kafusi will end Wait, up. Wait, which in one? Green I thought Bay. Corbin was with the Niners. Is it or Bronson? Maybe, maybe Bron- I thought Bron- Bronson's with the Packers. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. So he replaces Aaron Rodgers. Why not two Kafusis with the Green Bay Packers? And Isaiah, like. Come on, his hard work, you know, blue collar approach. Your face underrated. is doing the same. No, 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 thing. no, 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 no. Just, was... just determined, <laughs> determined. Isaiah, he he fits yep. the Packers' mindset. Yeah, that that team, that community. Okay, Listen, and not everyone's gonna make it. We're just yeah hoping. Okay, Zane Anderson. I go undrafted Giants. 
Ooh, I, I like that one because uh, the New York Giants have taken uh, – they've rolled the dice on, you know, a couple undrafted BYU guys, notably Wani Unga a few years back. And he actually started a few games for the yeah, Giants. Yes, he did. And coming off of a significant injury. So mm-hmm. maybe the Giants roll the dice on Zane Anderson, who's had some injury concerns and is Special super teams, athletic. if you need a guy, yes. Zane Anderson. I like man. Zane uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. I'd like to see him in the NFC West. That'd be fun. Okay. Okay, and Troy Warner. Uh Niners. Undrafted they go, Niners. hey, we Fred, we're going to give you... That wraps up the best yes. of BYU Sports yes. Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, on BYU TV and BYU Radio.